Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What is happening, fam? Today is super exciting. I have an unbelievable guest, Ben. He's a LA-based filmmaker. All right, there we go. What's going on, brother? All right, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. <laughs> Dude, I'm so stoked. So this is Ben, LA-based filmmaker, and he is absolutely phenomenal. And he has a pretty strong following on social media too. And he has so much to offer. And I'm so excited for today. So glad to have you. Why don't you just take a second and kind of introduce yourself and give us a quick little origin story, brother. Alrighty, so how's it going, guys? Uh, ben Hess uh, is my name, obviously, and I live about two hours north of Los Angeles. So this will be about maybe a two to three minute little intro. So when I was 16, 17 years old, I started making short films. I saw a flyer for a short film competition for the youth uh, in high school, and I went ahead and entered and did pretty good. It was, it was a really good experience, and that caught me interested in filmmaking. And prior to that, like all growing up, I had a video camera in my hand, so I always kind of liked the making movie aspect. And then uh, out of high school, I started doing some weddings because uh, that helped pay the bills, and I also mm-hmm. had a day job. And then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was like, okay, I want to be a big Hollywood director. And so... Yeah. I, uh, I watched, some of you guys might know Film Riot on YouTube. They had a Monday challenge at the time, and it was to recreate any scene from a movie in under two minutes. And this is a story for another time, but I know Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, Joseph Baena, and we recreated Terminator 2. And that thing, I posted it, and it took off like a rocket. It got a million views in a few days. Oh, God, so, dude. You know. <laughs> I, I, I did. I you know. I put in my part and made the video. A lot of it was because you know his name was attached to it, and we're still really good friends. But point being, that was like, wow, this is wow. amazing. And so I started going to acting classes right after that to meet actors because I didn't have any where I lived. So two hours every Friday would drive down, go to acting classes, and then drive back. So I did that for about a year. Was still doing weddings, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then, so I've done weddings for about probably five, six years now. And then I was transitioning this whole time into freelance filmmaking. And so, um, how far do you want me to go? You want me to keep going, Kazi? No, or? I mean, so my, I'm loving it. I'm yeah. loving all of it. My yeah. thing is that, okay, so filmmaking, right? But that's a general thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I, I told you a little bit about myself that when I got into it, not knowing anything about it, I was glad to yeah. go to school where there was a digital film program that was like a little bit of everything. So it's like a buffet, you know, you just try out everything and then you figure out what you really want to do. And then eventually, like right off the bat, I was like, oh my God, lighting, like, like just mind blowing. I'm like, holy hell, like that's my thing. And then eventually editing, I'm like, oh my God, what you can do, how you cut the story and tell it so many different ways. So for you... You know, filmmaking, of course, and even like, you know, your whole vibe is like, you know, you do it all. But is there one thing in there? Is there something in there that just is so natural to you that it just feels like a freaking cheating? Like, you're just like, man, how am I getting paid doing that one thing in filmmaking as a whole? Yeah, so it's interesting. Where I live, I live two hours north of L.A. And where I live, there's not much of a film community here. And so I had to learn everything. I had to learn how to tell a story. I had to learn how to shoot to edit, to color grade. So 
pretty much I was like, I don't want to call myself a one-man band because I don't want to work with anyone, but for a long time I had to be a one-man band because there wasn't a lot of people where I lived. But, you know, I'd say my bread and butter after, you know, doing this for quite a few years, I'd say the DP work would probably be number one, and I really like editing as well, uh, color grading. It's pretty fun, you know, you're the master at it, though, but... Uh, <laughs> I love I'd it, dude, the, so the much. DP work, you know, shooting, yeah. <laughs> and then, so. uh, and you got that camera, man. Like, I mean, we got to talk about Gemini after this, dude. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you this. So you are a freelancer, right? Correct, correct, yeah. Freelance filmmaker, I guess, is what you could say. And that's basically your full-time, right? This is what you do? Yeah, so a few years ago, uh, I built up my wedding photography and filmmaking business here where I live, and I built that up to about 25 weddings a year. And last year, I was like, okay, I really want to make this transition to go... I was doing about 80% weddings, 20% uh, filmmaking for the past about two years, but this year, I finally switched it to where it's... 80%, 90% filmmaking, wow. 20%, 10% weddings. And so that was the goal. And I'm, you know, the same thing with my first day job. I transitioned from the day job, 90%, and weddings, 10%. And then that went from weddings, 10%, to day job, 90%. And so I'm, I'm transitioning, I keep transitioning from one area where I want to be to the next, you know, slowly but surely. And I'm getting there. So. Ben, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this. And that's something that I really like want to talk about and let people know that. You don't have to go cold turkey, you know, it's not one or the other. And I'm loving what you're mm -hmm. saying, like how you're attacking this, where it's like, you know, there's like this 80-20 and then there's like 40-60, whatever you need to do to make it mm -hmm. where you can do it, you can sustain it, you know, uh, life and have this be a lifelong thing. Because I don't want to be a colorist for one year, right? And so it's like, as yeah. a freelancer, like my thing, I've been freelancing since 2012 and uh, never looked back. Yeah. And I've been offered full-time positions pretty much with every client that I work with, but I just, I can't do it. And so many people are like, dude, you're freaking crazy. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you know, the freaking health yeah. benefits, this and that and the other thing. And my thing is that the high that I get from get to pick and oh, choose yeah. And being a freelancer, don't you think that we're more like collaborators than like working under someone? You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And yeah. it's like those things and right I'm there. And, and another, another thing that I'm loving that you're touching base on, and I feel like people need to hear that, is that with your caliber and if they go and look at your work, I mean, you are fucking putting out amazing work, yet you're saying, you. hey, I'm, I'm still doing weddings on the side, blah, blah, blah. So what I want people to understand is that you know, we're not better than anyone, okay? Like as filmmakers, like yeah, you can I, even yeah. you can take pride in shooting weddings and tell that story like a freaking Hollywood movie. And and I watch some wedding videos. I watch I and I'm just like, what the hell is going on nowadays? They're starting out starting out with drones and there's like these gimbal shots, and I'm like, dude, I'm hooked. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So like, what I want to say is that you know, so many people, I feel like. You know, because our field is not something, I feel like it's somewhat of like a field of like the privileged. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to do it. We want to do it. I feel like a lot of the people have this, the like, uh, you know, thing where they're just like, no, I'm not going to shoot weddings. I'm not going to work for free. I'm not going to like, you know, work for a mom and pop. I'm not going to work on corporate videos. And I feel like then what happens is that you don't do that. 
So then you don't do anything at all. And then, you know, we get that label that, you know, filmmakers are like, you know, couch surfers or whatever. Whereas if somebody has that mentality that you're talking about, like where you have a game plan that, hey, I'm going to have multiple, you know, streams of income. So I'm going to have my wedding business. I'm going to do my corporate videos. And then the, you know, upper echelon, the goal is to make my own indie films because eventually I want to be a director. So I feel like people need to understand that that it's amazing to have that because one you need humility to have that so you don't come in with an elitist yep. mentality and i feel like this is so beautiful and i would love for you to like talk also about because i might be like you know putting words in your mouth but i want to i want to ask you like even when you still do weddings and stuff like that you're not dreading it right you're still your heart is still into it like it's like you're owning it oh yeah so like when i show up to a wedding day i'm like i'm gonna make this i'm gonna act like i'm the one getting married almost and i, I would hope that they would give like the videographer filming my wedding would give me the best possible so i like pour my heart and soul into dude these i videos, love it you know dude i love and it so this year i probably did eight you know weddings the last couple of years i was doing like 25 you know the next year i'll probably just do a few like just a very small select few but my, my freelance gigs have gone through the roof, you know, and so it's like, again, that transition. And so I'll, I'll give you the quick story of how I got to where I am right now and how I got to the to the Red Gemini, my animal. Talk world. about it. Talk so about I, it, brother. Yeah. So I started out with the T3i back in the day. I remember counting $100 worth of quarters at the Target store to, like, pay for it. I was saving up my allowance or, you know, mowing lawns <laughs> or something like that. Got the T3i, got the little nifty 50 lens to get the bokeh. And started yes. just messing around, and then I eventually upgraded to the 5D Mark III because I hated how I could edit raw photos, but I couldn't edit raw video. So I got the Mark III so I could install Magic Lantern. Yes, so, dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I shot the uh, the Terminator video that blew up over a million views. It was on the 5D Mark III Magic Lantern. Yep. Uh, yes, and so dude. So then someone in the comment section said, like, "Oh, next time you're filming, I've got a red." Let me let me know, and I'd be happy to help. And so I was like, "Huh, red." So I started researching red cameras, and I'm like, "I gotta get myself one of these. I could grade, you know, edit raw video like I can raw photos. I love that flexibility." So long story. I mean, I worked my day job. I was like nine to five. I did my weddings on the side, and I was doing a few freelance filmmaking gigs. And I was, you know, I was being very, I guess, conscious of where I spent my money. Like I didn't. I drove a piece of crap car. My camera, my red that I eventually got was worth like, you know, 30, t my car was probably a thousand bucks. My, yeah, you yeah. know, the camera that I was shooting was like 30,000. So it'd be funny rolling up to a shoot in like this junky little car, yep. but I got like my red camera. <laughs> you got your priorities <laughs> right, man. This is what I'm talking about because if that's what's going to make you money, hey, yep. who, who gets to see your car? You know what I mean? Like the kind of lives we live. Like, and we're getting yeah. to a set. You don't need a sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 car. You don't want to load your equipment in that car and then get it all dirty. You know what I mean? You're going to go out somewhere yeah, and shoot. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I eventually upgraded the car, but I, I made a YouTube video on that, how I sacrificed getting the stuff I wanted at the beginning, like the nice watches, the right. clothes. You know, obviously, I bought clothes and stuff, and, you know, and ate some nice dinners and everything. But, like, I, I saved so much, and I lived you know, uh, lifestyle, a minimal lifestyle in order to afford this. And now I'm able to go and back and get the things that I wanted, you know? And so it's all sacrifice, like live like no one else. So you can live like no one else later on. Absolutely, um, dude. Absolutely. And then, I, uh, I love it. I was about probably 21 years old. I stopped going to acting classes after a year. Um, and then I was like, what do I want to do? I was doing my weddings and stuff. And then 
this is where it gets interesting. There was a guy named Samuel Elkins. He's a photographer, has about 800,000 followers on Instagram. And he said, guys, I'm moving on his Instagram story. He said, I'm moving from Utah to Los Angeles. Filmmakers message me. I'm looking for a videographer. So I, uh, or he said email. And I specifically did exactly what he said. I emailed him and he said he got a lot of DMs, but I tried to follow what he said to be respectful. And sure enough, he responded and said, I sent him a few videos and he's like, okay, let's meet up next week. I'm moving down here. So I drove down two hours, had coffee with them for like probably 20 minutes that, you know, and then I drove back home and then he said, all right, next week, if you can film a video for me, you know, a YouTube video, I can't really pay you for this one, but you know, I think if you stick with it and you know, it'll be worth it. And I came down, I filmed that YouTube video and I poured my heart and soul into this thing. And sure enough, he uploads it. People love it. And we're almost done with the story. And sure enough, he gets uh, a manager like a week later. And he, cause he got a big Instagram following. So he gets some deals, uh, you know, through his Instagram, but he got an agent or manager and he got a gig lined up for clear, which allows you to get through the uh, airport security faster. So he's like, Hey Ben, we got to shoot a promo video for clear for my Instagram. So literally a week after I'm meeting with him for free, shooting with him for free, he's flying me to San Francisco with them. And literally the next year, I mean, he took me to San Francisco, Utah, Colorado, everywhere, giving me all these opportunities, paying me really well because I was able to show him what I'm made of and took that time at the beginning to work for free. And literally that is why I am here right now is because I did, took that free jump uh, and wasn't afraid to go down there. Dude, so. I'm so glad. First of all, amazing freaking story. And I'm so glad you shared it because that's one thing that I just want to talk about so much is that, you know, don't confuse when I talk about or Ben talk about working for free with like, you know, we're just saying, hey, just, you know, give everything like, you know, you got family, you don't need food, like just go work for free. That's not what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Listen to the long-term plan and like listen to his like how he attacked it. Uh, you know, I, I come from Pakistan, came from a different country. I was 17 when uh-huh. I moved to the United States. Um, I moved to Chicago and went yep. to school for, you know, network communications and uh, small business. So like the minor in small business, you know, major networking. And uh, two and a half, three years in is when I decided I'm just like, you know, I want to do something in film. I don't know the first thing about it. Right. So it's like I just want to yeah, do something yeah. in it. So went to school. And uh, went to a general program, program, digital film, and then uh, just fell in love with cinematography, everything lighting, because, you know, the first thing was like, how can I make my stuff look like, you know, what we see on TV, what we see on movies? So I felt like lighting was that thing. And then, you know, from that, like then editing became the second biggest thing because I'm just like, man, like you can just tell any story and every story, like through the art of editing, like it could be a happy movie. It could be a sad movie. You can do whatever with it. So those two weapons kind of just like, you know, I just started swimming in that Kool-Aid went nuts, like with just cinematography editing. And then right after I graduated, I used that momentum and just came to California right away. Didn't waste like a single freaking day and started hitting hard and you know i've yeah. been i've been lucky enough where i didn't really have to like i i wouldn't say that i didn't struggle i would say that i was good with selling and like i was good with like you know selling myself like you know as a filmmaker i never struggled with like having somebody buy into what i have to offer so i was always like convincing in that regard so i felt like that worked out for me and i feel like a lot of artists out there 
they just they struggle with that because you know the art is in them and i always tell people that hey i'm a businessman first and artist second and i really mean it like even when i'm working with my clients like i'm like hey show me the money like let's talk money like what's happening like let's get the numbers right and let's not make that a taboo subject let's talk about it and then let's just get past it right away so then we can get to yeah. the good stuff so i mean i make my it my acting coach he said it's not it's not show business it's business show oh yeah, dude you, you have that's to amazing the business of it no, that's amazing, but that's what I'm saying. So that's where, you know, my head is at when I'm attacking these things. And then eventually got into color and, um, you know, you and I both know, like, color is just, like, is taking off, like, you know, like nothing else right oh, now yeah. because everything out there is shooting in log. And you really need to know a little bit more than just slapping on a LUT and calling it a day. So, you know, knowing color correction and color grading is such a huge thing right now. And I feel like... So many people out there can take advantage of it. And the reason why I started getting into this influencer and social media and like, you know, helping people in this market is because it's very frustrating. Even for me, who is in the commercial business, there is no, uh, there is no, besides the forums, there is no, you know, place to go and get mentored and like really learn this thing by the practitioners. You're learning the thing from like, you know, the traditional sense, like teachers who, who are writing like user guides for DaVinci Resolve. That's cute, but that's not really the practical juice that I need, you know, to go out there and oh, like yeah. really yeah. create like trend setting like stuff, you know? So I felt like, you know, if I can just share you know, the little that I know, and if I can change like one person's life, you know, then I'm freaking hooked on it. I'm stoked. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough and people, my community is freaking phenomenal. And I look into like, uh, you know, I did some digging and I felt like, you know, your community is freaking super strong and people are amazing. So we're fortunate in that. Let's get back into that and let's give people some stuff. And I got, I got a thing for you. Okay. I'm going to have you rate the following. So, okay, okay. and that's going to be related to like cinematography. Okay. So between, okay, let's do it. between lighting, composition, location, gear, and crew, in which order do you put these five things? You know, that I've thought about that so much. Like what's the most important thing? Right. And I don't know if this is cheating, but it's like they all work hand in hand. Like you can't have an amazing movie but with if the location sucks that it'll take you out of the story you know yes. what i mean yes or you can't have like an amazing actor but if the scene isn't lit well it'll take you out of their performance you 100 know? So it all works hand in hand no no yeah, dude like, that's cheating no i know what you're talking about but you gotta put yeah yeah go <laughs> so let's see it was uh probably lighting surprisingly you know lighting is so crucial because you can have the best camera in the world, but if it's not lit well, it's going to look like dog crap. But you can take a T3i, you can take an iPhone, and if you light it well, if you give it to some of the top cinematographers in the industry, they will make it look like it was shot on, you know, the, the big Hollywood cameras. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, have to then, go, uh, I have to go with you on that. All right, keep going. I would say probably, I don't know, location, maybe? Ah, that's damn, uh, dude! Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, you want to—you're telling a story, and you have to have whatever story it is, whether it's an ad or an actual short film. You need it needs to have like for location that would be considered for me like where it's at, the the props, what they're wearing, um, the time of day. That to me, that's all location. Yes, and so exactly. So that yes. plays such a big, important role into whatever you're trying to tell. 
Um, Hugo, Hugo just said crew. I feel like yes, yes, but at the same time, if if I were to pick, what well, num number one, I'm with you. Okay, lighting, like hands down. Okay, yep. But I gotta be honest with you, dude. Uh, I would say composition is important. Composition, okay, okay. I um, would say like because you know this happens to me with my little brother. He's a YouTuber. He's like a fucking rock star YouTuber, like crazy dude. But yeah, it's like anytime I'm talking to him, it would be like the just the simplest thing that I would say, and he will have like eureka moments all day long. He will be like, "Oh my god, you just put the camera this low, and like all of a sudden you made me look like a freaking you know boss." And like you know, like he has these like where he doesn't get it because he doesn't come from this industry. And it's like, I'm just yeah. like, to me, that's like second nature. I'm just like, hey, okay, so we got to, like, it's for you. And it's like your hero shot, boom, boom. Like, I would do it this way. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my God, or which lens to use? Because when I say composition, I'm also thinking, like, you know, the, the focal lengths and things like that. That's okay, what I would that's say. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Lighting, composition, location, gear, crew. Crew, I would put at the at the end, just because, you know, you and I are both like, you know, one man band at times, if need be. And with that, we learned that, you know, you can do multiple people's job and like really make something sing if you like have a command on lighting, camera gear, composition, things like that. So I agree with Seven on that for sure. Oh, yeah. Comp Let's and location see. and gear. Gear? Gear is one of those things that I feel like we just want it. You know what I mean? It's more than like, oh, just yeah. like you said, like, yes, we can do it with an iPhone. Do you want to? Do you want to give up your Gemini? You know? Not really. This is know, what I'm so. saying, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you just don't want to do it. So let's just say, you know, tomorrow you got the gig. Like you, you applied for a gig, you got it. Now, how uh -huh. do you attack it? Like what's next? Like the, whether it's a follow-up or you showing up like, you know, in your, let's just keep it niche and let's just keep it like, let's just say you're a DP on a gig. So, okay. you know, you got to email back and they want you. What's the next step? How do you, how do you attack it? Yeah, let's see. So pretty much I would, um, I always like to, to get the, the goal of the project in mind. So what's the goal? Are you trying to sell something? Are you trying to tell a story? Um, where is this going to be? Where's the video going to be at? Who's the audience that's going to be watching this video? Um, and then I, I usually it. have a conversation of, you know, what do you, this is debatable. It's like you could have them send you, you know, work that you like, but sometimes you, that could be a double-edged sword because you don't want to copy someone. Like right. I'd say, you know, maybe send them stuff that you can model off of, you know, that they, or certain little points or parts of a video that they like. And then I can kind of work with them and, you know, create, I'll ask them, do you want a storyboard? Do you want a shot list? Um, and then I usually ask like, you know, do you have locations picked out? I like to pre be pretty involved probably more than i should be as a dp but i love it but yeah but it like it, it, the whole scope of the project will reflect back on you so i, I sometimes like to make sure you know they're prepared on their end sometimes too because that will better help me as a dp when the project when it comes time to shoot you know um so i think especially don't assume anything like communication is so clear like don't assume that you know just for a silly example, don't assume they're going to bring you the camera. Yeah, make yeah. Sure that, you know, just all that stuff, you know. So it just depends on what type of project it is, but yeah. I mean, I would like one thing that I do is like, you know, if I just take ownership of it as if like it's my project and what would I do? I feel like that usually get my mindset right where... You know, if if I'm putting in 10K into like, you know, some short film, like what do I expect from every single person that's going to be on that set, even down to a freaking runner? 
You know what I mean? What yeah, kind of attitude yeah. I want them to bring to the set. And I feel like I go in with that mentality. And even to this day, even let's just say if I'm hooking up a brother, I'm like working for somebody like, you know, a buddy of mine who's just like, hey, bro, can you grade this, you know, music video for me, blah, blah. I don't really have much for you. It doesn't matter. Like, that's not going to deter me from like the quality that I'm going to bring to the table because I have a choice. Either I'm going to say yes or no, but I'm not going to freaking screw someone over because you never know how much heart and soul that went into it for that person. And that even goes to that expands to like even corporations, because let's just say I'm working for a corporation and like people usually roll their eyes and they're just like, oh, I'm in there for like a quick buck. People are just like, if you're working for a corporation, they're evil, you know, just make money and leave. But the thing is, who are you working with? If I'm working with the CD, like a creative director, I need to think of that particular person, not the whole umbrella, like not the whole company and see like if I do a terrible job and then this guy's neck is on the line and he loses his job, then what am I doing to him? And, and I'm saying these things because I feel like accountability is one thing that's missing from this community. And I feel like one thing like on the, you know, the, the water cooler talks and everybody is just always talking about like bitching about the producer or the director and this and that. And like nobody wants to just reflect and like take responsibility, take accountability. And I feel like that's freaking yeah. important, man. Like how many times have you worked with people editors that can get the job done in two days but they're gonna milk it for five days because they were hired for five days and stuff like that i don't do that anymore because i'm a freelancer so i'm just like hey if i can get this done in two days i have so many different things going on and so many different ventures that i'm in that i don't need to waste three more days to make x amount of money like i can just freaking go and do something else but you know the craziest thing is that so many times i'm working on gigs and my producer is gonna be like hey we hired you for five days. We're going to honor that. You got it done in two days. You're on hold for the next three. But go home, Kazi. Do your thing. So, you know what I'm saying? Like that mind shift, awesome. I, I want to bring that in. I want to talk about these things. I want to bring that awareness because I feel like, dude, the more honest and, you know, the more accountability I have, the more I practice it, I feel like I'm more on the sidelines than like being in this community. And that's because I don't want to be... I don't want to be the cool guy if I yeah. still have to like talk bad about someone or if I have to like not take accountability and point fingers. I would rather be on the sidelines and be this person that I'm talking about than be the freaking cool dude, you know, who's just like, you know, just like kind of rotting this whole thing from inside out because I feel like, I mean, don't you think that? I mean, I'm going on a rant, but like, wouldn't you oh, agree yeah. with some of it? No, I'd, I'd agree with pretty much everything. Like when I'm on set with people, like I was on one with like, 22 people uh, about a month ago or something and like you you have to there's no room for negativity you know there's obviously times when you uh it's like constructive criticism or helping one another and you know and but i'd say you know just leave the negativity out the door because word can spread fast if you're you know just talking behind someone's back 100 like that like 100 yeah you know you want to this the whole filmmaking world it's i i think it's this is what you would call it a big gig based where it's like you, you get work from doing work and the better work you can do, like the more, I feel like the more work you're going to get because people will see just how hard of, how hard working you are and your crafts and what your expertise is. Ben, so, ben yeah. you gotta, you gotta talk to me about like the story that you told me about, like the whole mindset about saying yes. Basically when you're starting out, this would be for anyone who's starting out or wants to try to transition into doing freelance filmmaking full-time, whether it be weddings, music videos, um, 
corporate work, etc. So you want to, you need practice, you need hours under your belt, you need to learn what you like and you don't like as far as filming goes. So some of you may know, like, I want to do music videos and that's all I want to do, which is, which is great. But some people, you might not know exactly what area you want to go in for filmmaking. And so you, it's going to be very beneficial to say yes to a lot of things. And number one, this is going to help you meet people. You're going to get hours under your belt practice. You have to, you know, get experience, honestly. But this is where the important part comes in. You have to have like an almost educated guess of, of where your, your free work is going to come in that. Um, and you could get these, uh, you know, a lot of times you just reach out to someone on Instagram, um, you know, Facebook groups are huge, uh, and then friends, family. And so, you know, by taking that free work, you're saying yes to so many things and no, I mean, okay, let me backtrack. So not, I'm not talking just about free work, but just yes to, let's say maybe jobs that you don't necessarily want to do, but that's going to build up your portfolio. And then you're going to be able to eventually say no so you say yes until you have to say no if that makes sense because you you don't have any more time to say yes to everything because you're 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 getting making more and more money per gig you know and this it's not going to take just a few weeks or a few months this process can take a few years you know but it's a journey and it's not like an end goal i would say it's just about you know this this whole journey of becoming a freelancer or a filmmaker and getting to experience all the things you want to as being a freelancer. So. I mean, just a mindset. I mean, I'm going to touch base on that and I'm just going to say like, you know, my normal day rate might be thousands of dollars, right? Like, I mean, it ranges like crazy, you know? So, I mean, it could yeah. be what I want it to be, but here's the thing. As a freelancer, when I'm not working, uh, what is my day rate? My day rate is $0, okay? The mm-hmm. days that I'm not booked... I need to have that mentality and everybody out there in this industry, you need to get that through your head. There are times just recently when I picked up gigs that the money that I used to charge back in 2011, I just picked up those gigs in July. Why the hell not? I wasn't working in those days. And I'm just like, okay, I've been, I freaking watched every single soccer game that was on my DVR, like possible. I'm like all caught up. I'm like, I have nothing else to do. And I get hit up and they were like, hey, this is what we're going to pay you. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of garbage, but I'm taking it. That's great. Like, you know where? And then I drove to LA. Like, I mean, you know, you know, I live in Irvine. So it's like the drive is like hour and a half each way. And I'm driving three hours. I'm making money. I made freaking eight, nine years ago. And then as soon as I finished that gig, two weeks later, I get a call and they were like, Kazi, we got another thing. The, the pilot got picked up. We want to bring you on board. How much? And then I named the freaking price. That's $500 more than what I, you know, charge daily, you know, my day rate. And they were like, absolutely. No questions. What I'm saying is that, done. you know what I mean? You know? So what I'm saying is that that wasn't even the plan. I was just thinking about like literally my sanity. I don't want white space on my calendar. I gotta, I gotta like fill that thing up. I gotta pack it up just like what you said. So I don't care if somebody comes to me and they're giving me a $600 like, you know, budget for a short film and I go, hey, show me, send me a picture lock cut. And then I watch it and I go, you know what? I believe in your product. This is amazing. I'll freaking do it. I don't care. I'll jump on it. I'll do it, you know? And that's the attitude that I feel like is so important, especially if you want to not survive, but thrive as a freelancer because you never know what oh, you yeah. what you just said. Like, the going back to the free coffee thing, you never know 
who you're gonna work for that might be right now nowhere and has zero dollar budget to tom tomorrow like you know just a slingshot like you know go past you and then like pull you in for freaking hundreds of thousands of dollars of like freaking gig and you're just gonna be like how the hell oh, yeah. did that, that happen because it's a snowball effect you just got to keep creating and keep like connecting with people but offer value yeah. i don't believe in like the what school taught me to like go to these mixers and just like pass out your cards like that's bs in 2019 you have to bring in value more than passing value, out your stupid yeah, business cards like if you can just offer people your time there's no bigger yeah. value than offering your time. If today I were to tell you that, hey, man, next time you have a project, like hit me up and if I'm available, I want to color it. Isn't that better than uh -huh. me just like telling you, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? You don't give a shit about $2 cup of coffee, dude. You can buy it yourself. Yeah, yeah. But if you came and colored something and that helped my work and get me more jobs, you know, in the future, that reflects right back to you. And I'm going to be like, hey, Kazi, I got a job. Can I pay you X amount now? You know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, so I mean, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. Go ahead. Go I'm going to share a little bit of the story. So, this is how. Uh, so, some of you guys might know Epidemic Sound. They have royalty-free music uh, for you know YouTube and companies like that. They're really big, and so I want to show how I got to be able to work with them. Uh, and so, this is probably my biggest client right now. And so, because Sam, so going back to when I met with Samuel Elkins, you know, we worked all that year, and then that's helped kind of grow my my instagram he was giving me shout outs and i was able to put that work i was doing with him on my instagram and then i started doing these like before and after so i would have a clip like at the bottom of my i'd make a post and at the top would be the film and below would be behind the scenes of me shooting and i did that once or twice and people started to like it i'm like okay and then that helped kind of grow my following a little bit more and then come time d it was like uh november or something of last year uh, I got an email and it was hey Ben we're shooting a big project in New York uh, you know would like to be a part of this and I was like oh my gosh what do I do like calling my buddy Sam Elkins and uh, so long story short uh, you know they gave me this opportunity because I was putting myself out there on Instagram like if, if I wasn't on Instagram I would not have got that gig you know and if I had not taken that work with Samuel Elkins and kind of you know work with him collaborate with him and build up my uh, you know I guess social presence right. you know I wouldn't have gotten that gig so I went to New York and I like gave my absolute all to these videos and then I come back I edit them they absolutely loved them and then then they had me do like YouTube tutorials for them and then you like a month or two later they're like hey we're coming to California can you make a, a video for this event we're hosting and now uh, and then they called me to Sweden and then I do more YouTube videos. So it's like, you never know what can happen. Yes. And now I do videos for them every single month, all because I put myself out there. I, you know, at the beginning I did that free job, you know, and then took that kind of opportunity. And now it's like, you know, that helped me afford some of my new camera gear. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, wa I want to freaking talk about it. This is freaking gold guys. If there is one thing that we can just literally give you that's in front of you, you already know about it. And that is freaking social media. Please stop hating on social media people who just think that they're still above it or social media is either for grandmas or either for like teenagers and you are more of a senior, you know, serious filmmaker. Just get out of that elitist mentality have some humility and accept it that this is literally the way of the world. 
um, commercials, like people, the budgets are cut from commercials from going from six million a freaking commercial to like six hundred thousand. If you know a client is lucky to like you know, or or the agency is lucky to even like sell the product for six hundred, like people are not even paying that anymore. And you need to understand that everything is literally funneling into this platform that we are on right now. And you need to understand, like the people that I'm getting exposed to right now, I watch uh, Joker. I come home, like my mind is freaking blown. I'm like, holy shit, this movie is amazing. I go find who, who I go find who graded it. I go on Jill Sting, like you know the girl who graded you know Joker. I go on her Instagram and I just like leave her a voice message and I tell her how she freaking did a banging job and killed it. Next thing I know. She's freaking following me. And I also left her a message and I said, hey, I want to bring you live. Next thing you know, she's following me. And she said, tell me when. Are you freaking kidding me, dude? Oh, gosh. Are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like, where else you know, can you do this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. guys, this is happening right here. You have to take advantage of it. Turn into a media creating machine because the beautiful and the disproportional advantage that we have as filmmakers is that we are good with creating content. And nothing is going to get you exposed faster to the world because right now, photos are going down. Like, you know, old form of like, you know, printing is gone. Everything is going yeah. into video. Like the TikTok, like six second, 10 second videos or Instagram one minute video. That's what everything is going toward. And YouTube is massive. You just, you guys don't understand the value of it just because it's free. If tomorrow YouTube starts charging you 30 bucks to make a video on there, you might actually do it because you're going to be like, okay, now there's something serious about it, but it's free right yeah. now. You guys got to take advantage. You just heard his story. You just heard his story. What the hell he's doing. You just, I just shared my story with you. What's happening with it. I, I mean, dude, it gets me so excited. I can't stop talking about it. You know? Oh yeah. Like all, all of my jobs I get are are stem from Instagram. And I don't want to say like every job I get is directly from Instagram, but it's from the relationships that I've built through Instagram or social media. So yeah. it's like, it, it's so crazy the world we live in. This is, I think Gary Vee talked about this. This is like the only time in history or the first time where you can have an, when you're scrolling, you'll have an ad for Coca-Cola and your video will be next. Yes. You're competing head to head. Yes. You know, and like you, you can go, you can put yourself out there and you never know who is going to watch or who sees you. And I'm going to give you guys one more story. So check this out. <laughs> Tell um, us. You're I, a storyteller. I have my Atlas anamorphic lenses and I got those because I, I just basically just saved up really hard to get them. And I really wanted the anamorphic look. And uh, I saw Jake. So Jacob Owens is pretty popular. He's uh, on Instagram. I love He's a him. filmmaker. Yep. Really cool guy. And I saw him shooting with the Atlas anamorphics and I said, Oh man, I can't wait to get mine. This is probably eight months ago. And he responds back, yo, bro, you're getting them? And I'm like, yep. And so then I finally got him in. It was probably like a month or two after that. And he, he said, oh, I'd love to test them out. Uh, you know, at my apartment, I'm making some more assets and stuff. That's so cool. Because he dude. makes his own lens flares right. and film no, he's overlays dope. and stuff. Yeah, this shit is so legit. I can't remember if I drove all the way down there just for him or if I was already down there and I made my way to his house or something. But long story short, met up, you know, for free. Or I, I just came down to hang out. You know, I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to come of this, but went down, hung out with Jacob Owens, let him use my lenses, test them out. Yes. And then kind of built this relationship. And then about two months later, he said, hey, uh, I'm shooting a music video. Would you want to come down and maybe shoot some behind the scenes, bring your lenses? And I don't remember if that one was paid or not. If it was, it was, it was lower. Um, 
But basically, I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to come of this, but I just want to be there for him. Love I'm it. his friend, and he's a really cool guy anyways. So it was Love like it. such great to know him. So I go down there, bring my lenses, and then just you know, get to meet a few people. And then a few months later, he's like, hey, Ben, I got a music video for you. The budget's here. Can you bring your lenses? And I'm going to pay you this time to be a B-cam for two days. And so this is where it gets interesting. This isn't the full the full story. So I get that little gig, and we, you know, we're on each other's Instagrams for a few days because we're shooting together. Right. And then that exposed me to uh, quite a few people. And I got this fitness company that saw me, and then reached out, and they wanted to shoot some workout videos. And their athletes are pretty big athletes in the social media world, like millions of followers. I, so I looked them up. I it's crazy. So I get. Uh, three gigs to shoot these workout videos with this company that saw me because I work with Jacob Owens. And then after I finished these three, they booked me just now, like a few weeks ago for four like, mini documentaries. And it, the budget is way bigger than the first one. So it's like, you never know who's watching. Yes. You know? and, yeah, I'm always asking like people where they find me from. And it's so crazy. I get people that find me from hashtags. That's, I do hashtags and I, I booked thousands of dollars worth of stuff because someone found me through doing hashtag red camera. Or Dude, like I love it. I love what you're saying. <laughs> Guys, please listen to this stuff because this is so much more than freaking going to school. And one of the questions that I want to bring up and that, you know, from my audience was asked is that um, do you have to go to film school? If no, then hope, you know, uh, help me like, you know, jumpstart my career. So that's the question. And the one thing that I want to say that, no, you do not. Uh, I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert. You don't have to go to school today. Your school should be, you know, like listening to conversations like this because we are, again, we're practitioners. We're doing it and we're sharing with you. Like oh, yeah. somebody might out there charge you for this and we're just telling you that, hey, I did X and Y happened and then Z and like this is what's happening right now. So all uh, people out there that are executors and that just want to take actions, you can make it happen right now. If I were to just challenge you and say, hey, right after this, get pumped and start hitting up 10 people a day. Like just hit up 10 people in your category. You're an editor, hit up 10 editors and on Instagram and just tell them that, hey, how can I offer any help? Like anything, let me know. This oh, yeah. is the kind of work that I do. I, I, I inspire to be like you. I'm not there yet. What can I offer? And you'll be surprised how many people are going to write you back and just do it for like one week straight. Let's just say you do it one week straight. You hit up 10 times, you know, seven, 70 people. If you hear back from one person, and that changes the course of your life in the next three, four years. I mean, think about like what oh, can yeah. happen. You are you are literally one person or one connection away from the the dream or the goals that you want. And for me, that was Samuel Elkins, a photographer. Like that, literally. Like I, I thank him so much, like all the time, because that one opportunity that he gave me transformed my entire life. Like it's insane what can happen when you meet the right people. And you gotta so. be, but the thing is that you gotta be, you gotta be on the lookout. What I like about you is that every oh, yeah. single story that you're sharing, it's like always like, you know, eyes and ears. Like you're just always on the freaking lookout. But at the same time, what I'm loving is that you are genuinely giving nothing but value. So you're going in hard, just doing your thing that you know. So of course you're gonna freaking dominate and kill it because you do this thing, you know, you're great at it. And then you're just doing it. You're focusing on that, nothing else. 
and then all the opportunities that are coming from it is freaking unreal. Dude, I want to read you a question that just came in from one of our... Okay, let's do it. So the question is that, hey, do any of you have an LLC? So I'm going to answer right after you. So do you have a company? Do you have an S-Corp or LLC? Um, so my, my cousin's actually my uh, accountant and stuff. So he'll kind of work with me to... I'm like a tricky situation because I had my, my wedding stuff too. So I have it kind of all set up under my like... It's like Ben has like photo and film and everything. So I need to get it probably a little more like rigid in terms of like what my business actually is so that's a, that's a good point I, I can't answer that question too well educated but um yeah what about you Kazi? <laughs> dude i'm gonna tell you i'm very educated on it uh you gotta you gotta have a freaking s corp dude like not just any other company type not even an llc an actual s corp and guys this is the freaking sauce right here you do not understand we live in a country where Nobody gets more advantage than small businesses because small businesses is what creates like opportunities and jobs. Uh -huh. So when you have a small business, the freaking benefits and like write-offs and everything that you get, br brother, I'm telling you, if you look into it right now, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to right after like this. I can't just <laughs> not be smiling talking about it. Like I was actually going to go back to full-time job until... I stumbled upon it and then started my S Corp and that changed things for me to a point where I could be getting paid like, I don't even know, dude, I could be getting paid $400,000 like at a full-time job and even that doesn't like make sense compared to like, you know, with an S Corp, what you can get going on. So I'm just letting yeah, you know, yeah. you got to look into it. It's freaking insane. So yes, I do have it and you should look into it. What's more important, pre-production or post-production? Ooh, that's tough. So... <clears throat> You go first. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna say this. I feel like even somebody who's in post production, I'm gonna say pre production is very important. I, I'm, I'm, I yeah. might actually go as far as saying that it's more important than post production because I hate the phrase "fix it in post." I freaking hate it. Oh, I hate that too. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna say it has to be pre production because even as a colorist. I ask so many freaking questions before I even touch my panel and like get going on a job that I drive people crazy. But once I have the freaking knowledge and information that I need, then I'm like a freaking rocket. I, like, boom. Like I turn and burn so fast that they'll be like, holy hell, dude, it's like you're sitting inside my brain. And I'm just like, that for me, even in being in post, was like pre-production. Like the knowledge that I was gathering and what I needed. For my job, so I think I am like I will go all in and say pre-production. What about you? No, I'd say pre-production too. I, that's probably the foundation. You know, like you can't you can't edit something if it's not shot well or it's not planned out well. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I feel like the uh, the pre-production is crucial, crucial, crucial. So. All right, we have yeah. some questions coming in. I'm 15 years years old and just got a red raven. Freaking this guy, dude! I hate this guy. He's 15 and got a red. What are some essential red accessories? Okay, talk to him, brother. Let's see. All right, so because the red cameras are a little bit heavier, it's get the the, the rigs to stabilize them are expensive, like the Ronin 2000. So honestly, just learn to shoot handheld. So that one's free. Um, and then as far as... That's I amazing. Handheld, uh, That's amazing. And then lights, as, as you beat me to it, the Aperture 120D, super, super good light. I love it, um, 
I'd say get a, uh, you're probably going to be doing a lot of interviews. I, I feel like a lot of every filmmaker does yes. interviews at some point. So I would invest in a good boom pole and a good, with the Sennheiser, I think it's like MKE 600, I think. Yes, Sounds exactly. Sounds incredible. And get a good audio record. Like, audio is so important. So I'd, any of the Zoom products are really good. I upgraded to a Mix Pre 3, um, but the Zoom stuff is fantastic. But then I'd say, um, get okay, get this. Get a beadboard or like uh, the five in one diffusion, and type in like Shane Hurlbut book light. And oh my god, I love it! Re- yeah, you'll you'll be set if you can do a book light, you know. And then you're gonna want to get uh, just some small LEDs for a hair light. Like I've got a Quasar tube. Where is it? Oh, there those are so there. good. Those are so good. So I got myself a little Quasar tube, but um, yeah, I'd say just LED lights, audio. Shoot handheld, you got this. So, <laughs> any tips for beginners about direction? All right, so I would choose one area that you really want to dive into. So whether it be weddings, uh, corporate stuff, um, music videos, you know, the list goes on and on. So I call it like your point of entry. So choose, like, let's say you want to do music videos, just to start doing music videos, climb the ladder, do bigger and bigger music videos. Same with weddings, you can start small, but they scale. And corporate videos, same thing. You can start with smaller work and keep building up. So that'd be one. Um, but also, make the offer. Don't wait on opportunities. Make opportunities. That is everything. Don't wait for, let's say, Oakley to come hire you to make a sunglasses commercial. That's never going to happen. Go out there, make the best commercial you can with, like, buy Oakley glasses. And, you know, they might not hire you because they're such a big company, but there's tons of sunglass companies out there and you could show that comp- that thing that you made to them and then you know hopefully you'll get hired you know so there's a lot of different ways to go about that but you know make make your opportunities what ben is saying is freaking golden and that thing is called spec like spec spot so what you want to do is you know your dad your dad got a 540i bmw and you want to uh, get into the sheet and metal industry so take that thing out for a spin, ask your buddy who also owns a Ronin and grab his, you know, Ronin and like throw your A7 III on it and go out there and film it and get like the most dynamic, cool shots. That is, oh, yeah. that is literally 100 times better than you working on a lower tier, like, you know, corporate job and cutting a reel with that. Nobody cares who you work for when your reel starts and it's, it grabs you in the first five seconds, nobody cares like what brands show up like right off the bat. What they really care about is like, can you tell a story? And like, if it just hooks them, you got the first 10 seconds. And guys, a lot of you out there save best for last. That's freaking bullshit. When it comes to demo reels, you got like the first 10, 15 seconds gotta be a banger. You gotta hit it hard. That's all you got. That's all you got. Nobody's gonna stick around. I mean, you're giving yourself way too much credit that people are gonna stick around for two minutes. Even when I'm watching Company 3's like new reel, I'm only watching it for the first 20, 30 seconds and I'm like, holy shit, they've worked with every, any and everything under the, under the sun. They're great. That's it, I'm done. So nobody's watching, you know, your or my reel, like, you know, for a whole length. If somebody is, great. So you got 10, 15 seconds, 
got to hit it hard. And what he's talking about, if you really want to tap into, say, commercials, music videos, things like that, like you can even, you don't even have to shoot the whole thing. You can do excerpts. You can shoot like a chorus yep. at a location, you know, for a music video and then come and cut it. And then that is like a teaser for your music video. And then you, you know, build like seven, eight different like locations, different tracks and like different choruses and you just put them together. And now you got a freaking meaty one minute long demo reel that's going to land you oh, yeah. that next like pretty solid music video or get your foot in the door because of it, because people are going to be like, okay, that's his niche. So that's pretty cool. But that said, that doesn't mean that then you have to pigeonhole yourself and then that's it. You're known as like that one dude who does this one thing because that's what Ben was talking about. You attack one thing at a time and then you expand. Because ultimately, oh, yeah. today, like in this day and age, like it's really hard to be a master of many. Like it's like not like master of none bullshit doesn't ex exist nowadays because knowledge is available everywhere. You can go on YouTube and it's better than a freaking master's degree. You know, like if you want to learn like, you know, freaking DaVinci Resolve, whatever have you. I'd say um, one thing is post the work that you want to get. That's huge. Like if, if you don't want to be doing weddings, then, then don't really post those. You know what I mean? Post the work that you want to get, especially that spec work that you're shooting po post it you know all right let's hit this like this is a rapid fire round any advice for uninspired days oh man i would say uh you know just get up just force yourself to shoot don't wait for inspiration to strike you just have to do it so I would say you gotta have like, you know, whatever your power base is or somebody that lifts you up. So for me, it's my brothers. Like we're all the same. Like we're all like high intensity, you know, fuckers out there that are just like killing in our own sectors and we lift each other up. Yeah. Anytime I'm down, I hit up my brothers and that's like an adrenaline shot. Like I'm all of a sudden, I'm just like pump. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, let's go. So you gotta find okay. that, whether it's like your mentor, like you listen to a book, Gary Vee, like, you know, Grant Cardone, whatever have you. Like, give yourself that, like, shot and then just come out yeah. of it and then go. You're surrounding yourself with people, even though it's not maybe in person, you're surrounding yourself with that mentality, you know? Yes. So. Hey, Ben, what are your thoughts on the Blackmagic 6K? I saw that you met up with Sam. Yes. Uh, I think it's a great camera. Probably the best value out there, in my opinion. So, really good, great image quality, but... The, how, for how much it is, you can't beat it, in my opinion. So. Right, and the exactly, and what you can do in post, like I couldn't agree more. So that's a great answer because oh, yeah. I mean it's sitting right there. I mean, boom. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, exactly. How do you handle pitching ideas to clients if they can take the idea and go to your competition? Like, don't freaking worry about it, dude. This, this, like, when I read this line, this comes to me as like you know somebody coming from a scarcity mentality. Don't worry about it. When I'm putting my content out there, when I'm giving you my secret sauce, how I do color grading, uh, if you go out there tomorrow and get a job from my client, good for you. Now we both got work because I am in so many different places and working with so many different people that it doesn't matter to me. I'm happy for you that now we both are benefiting from that. So you need to have that mentality of like, there's plenty to go around. And that's one thing that I've learned from my dad. So, I mean, that's what I would say. What do you got? If they're really your they probably won't go and like just swoop on your client but there, there are so many like companies out there's room for everyone there's enough work out there for everyone so i try to share like my behind the scenes stuff um i share like pretty much almost all of my projects out there and i really do hope that you know some of my followers can work up and start working with those same companies that i'm working with because there's room for everyone in my opinion so i think one thing that people don't understand is that you know uh the best thing that's going for us as creatives is that we're hired for us. 
we're hired for our vision. Somebody is going to hire me for my flair. You know, and what I do with color grading, that doesn't mean that you're any lesser of a colorist than I am, but they're going to hire, and then some people are going to hire you for your flair over me. It's because that thing nobody can take away because this is not binary. You know what I mean? The industry we're in. And I think that's one thing that people really need to understand, that it goes way beyond like that, hey, you are good with numbers, so you can just go in and get somebody else's job and that's that. You know, that's not where it ends. Mm Yeah, and what's interesting is, you know, I, I think photos in the past and in the photo world, you know, everyone's got the same camera, especially in, um, you know, filmmaking now. Like, you know, everyone's going to be shooting with the same gear. So what differentiates you? Yes. Well, I guess, you know, the, your your talent and your how you light things and do all that can be different. But let's say you have two people that shoot can shoot just as good. The difference is you. You know, they're going to hire you you know, for your unique way of telling a story or, you know, just how, how you go about everything. What's interesting is my buddy Samuel Elkin, he's, he's got 800,000 followers. And I used to think everything he posted was paid work. And I was like, man, Sam, how are you getting so much paid work? And he's like, bro, 95% of the work you see on my Instagram are passion shoots. Like he's just going out there shooting with friends. He is literally getting, um, He's like renting Airbnbs or peer spaces to go shoot it. He's renting cars. He's paying models out of his own pocket to make the work that he wants to get hired for. Yes, yes. And, so, and he's still doing it. He's got like a million followers. And he's paying out of his pocket to make the work to attract the clients that he wants to work for. The freaking and smartest. So That's that, the smartest mentality, smartest dude out there because you got to invest in yourself yeah. You have to. Um, Don't get caught up by like just the next lens or whatever. You have to start thinking in a smart way, just like what you're saying. I would rather not drop 500 on a glass if I can rent, you know, different glass for like the next two years. But then I can invest that $500, whether it's like, you know, hiring an actor for 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever have you, depending on what I'm going for. If I'm a director... Then I don't need to buy all this gear. I need to invest my money in actors and stuff like that. So it's like this is such an amazing mentality. And you know, I I have a photographer friend just like that, and very similar what you're just talking about. Like he does the same exact thing, like where he hooks up with these models and just takes them out in these epic locations, and then he will put that stuff out. And then the next thing you know, he's shooting for speedo, and I'm like, whoa, what the hell? And like you know, that's how he landed that gig. It just went from like a having fun passion thing and turn into that your favorite focal length your fa- your favorite lens focal length oh yeah so i would say um i like to shoot a little bit wider that way i can get closer to the subject and i heard this in a, like a roger Steakins youtube video but like when the subject like this is close to the camera there's a psychology that you just feel more connected versus if someone's far away you're yeah, kind of yeah. more observing them yeah. but when you're close you're like with them with them so i you know i love on a on a full frame camera probably like a 35 millimeter lens what the hell dude that's front. what i was gonna say come on get yeah, out of here on, man on a crop sensor it'd be about a 24 millimeter <laughs> lens but I, I i use my anamorphics which are like fixed i love my 40 millimeter and i also love my 16 to 35 canon lens so i'm a little bit i shoot wider but every now and then, I love that creamy bokeh you get with the like, 50 and 85 millimeter lenses. So. Dude, just, I mean, we're, we're, we're speaking the same language. I was going to say oh, yeah. on a Super 35, it's 35 millimeter. And then I actually also like 21. 
I really like 21mm. It has like a weird thing, but it like, it covers so much, but it's not like a freaking fisheye yet, you know, but it's just, it, you know, like you get to see it all, but it's not so far that, you know, you're just way too disconnected. It's not 16 or 14. So 21, I love 35. And then obviously, like you said, 50 is just like one of those lenses that, you know, if, if I have a choice to be somewhere and I want to go light, I want to pack light, yeah. I'll probably either take 35 or 50. Probably 50 because then you get those nice street shots at night, like nice bokeh and all that. Oh, all right, yeah. brother, let's wrap it up. This was freaking amazing. Thank you so much Thank for showing for up. I genuinely think that this is just the beginning. We got to do a lot more of these and uh, let's let's stay in touch. All right, brother. All right. Hope you guys learned something. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> all right, bye. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.